Just a quick broadcasting note up front. This podcast was recorded prior to naming it Spin Me a Story and having all of our social media set up. So now I can say uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us at story underscore spin. And if you have suggestions for the Wheel of Stories, you can leave it there. Uh, if you want to help us out, the best thing you can do is share this podcast with your friends. Um, if you like it, review it on whatever uh, platform you listen to your podcast on. And thank you. Thank you uh, for your support and thank you for listening to Spin Me a Story. Spin me a story, tell me a tale Of pirates or rockets, hop on board and set sail On a wave of adventure and a roll of the wheel Each week a new story, written zeal Be it drama or laughs or tales full of glory Kick up your feet while we spin you a story Hey everybody, I'm Luke And I'm Casey and I'm Roman. And today we have a uh, very special podcast for you guys. We're going to be playing a game a little bit. We're going to be telling a story in three parts. Um, mm-hmm. And it's all going to be randomized. And we're going to see if we can't come up with a, an interesting either a book or a movie plot line here. And we're going to see if we can't uh, you know, pitch this to Spielberg and get a movie made, I think. All right. So I think first thing we're going to start with is going to be genre. Okay. Okay. Do you have any uh, preferences, or do you do you know what you want to hope for in genre? Um, romance. No, honestly, I think part of the fun is spinning the wheel. No, but I mean, I know. But do you have a preference? Not romance. <laughs> Not. Ro- <laughs> uh, uh, high fantasy. High fantasy. Yeah. Okay, that's gonna be really hard because it's not actually on there. But we'll go with it. <laughs> you don't have fantasy on there. I have fantasy on there, but I just don't have high fantasy. Uh. Uh, today's topic or today's genre is going to be not that <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, it's a mystery, actually. Yeah, so we're gonna have a mystery story. Mystery. Okay, and then the next one we're going to do is going to be uh, setting. Okay. Which is completely random to you. Do you have an idea in your head of already like a mystery, like where it's going to take place? A uh, train. A train. Okay, yeah, that's going to be difficult because it's also not <laughs> So in High Fantasy Train, uh, Roman, what about you? Hmm. No, anything like speaking to you right now? An electric car. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. <laughs> I don't think electric car is on there either. It's a little bit of an inside joke. Uh, so we have a mystery that has to take place entirely within a house. You cannot, a house? You cannot have anything outside of the house. Okay. All right. And then I think we start there, and then when we need something, sure. we're going to we, we we spin on the third yeah, wheel. Yeah. The third wheel is I'm, a I'm curious. interesting thing I was going to say, happen. so I'm curious, like, not to spoil anything, but the third wheel, like, one of the things we have on there is an alien invasion. How does an alien invasion take place entirely inside of a house? Have, have you seen, seen signs? That's what I was going to say. Man, we're on it today. All right. Have well, you seen signs? Yeah, I have. I, that movie terrifies me. <laughs> no, it's really scary. It's not a house, though. Yeah, it is in a house. I guess yep. that's true. I with, mean, it's not with entire- water glasses. So we have to tell our story entirely within the house, and it's okay. a mystery. And it's a mystery. It's a mystery. All right. Okay. We also need character names. Uh, Jeff. Jeff. Is it spelled J O F? It's it's actually no Joff. Joff. Yeah, J O F F. Roman, do you want Jill. to? Jill. <laughs> Joff and Jill. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's not really mis- mysterious. Okay. You want a mysterious? <laughs> yeah, mysterious name. Yeah, Casey. Uh, that's pretty <laughs> mysterious. I would agree. 
No, I think. Because then you're not sure whether it's a boy or a girl. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. That's the biggest mystery. Uh, every time I was in third grade, Casey's a, Casey's a girl's name. Casey's a girl's name. So. Yeah. So it's Joff and Casey. Joff and Casey. We'll go with Cassie so that we don't have to. Uh, <laughs> so I don't have to. Um, do they have children? Are they married? Are they siblings? Are they? How are they so related here? Is Cassie a girl? I'm going with girl, yeah. Okay, okay yeah. Um, I think they're brother and sister. Brother and sister, yeah. okay. What's the age? Uh, 12 and 15. Okay. okay. Well, you not like that? Are they... Do they have no parents? <laughs> I was going to say like 60. <laughs> 60? <laughs> I thought it was going to be interesting. Okay. No, well, we're nowhere. No, no, actually, I'm good with that. Either very young or very old, I think. I think it's strange like when siblings are. Born. Well, well, I mean, middle aged siblings living together might be a <laughs> But older siblings living together would also be a little odd. We didn't establish that they actually have to be living there, just that they're in the house. That's true. That's true. That could so. be a get together, a party. So. All right. So, um, yeah, let's do older. That's fine. Okay. So instead of 12 to 15, we're going to do. Uh, 65 and 70. 65 and 70. Uh, Cassie is 70. Cassie's old. <laughs> we start interior of the house. Mm -hmm. Cassie is looking around for something, I think. She's, you know. Okay. Uh, whose house is this? This is, uh, Joff's house. Joff's house. Yeah, and Joff's just in the kitchen eating. Okay. Joff's in the house, uh, Josh. Joff. <laughs> Joff is in the kitchen? Yeah, he's just in the kitchen eating. He made himself what? a nice, uh pickle and you no turkey on rice <laughs> pickle sandwich i love pickles a pickle sandwich I can't stand pickles i mean we're stretching the realm of fiction here if he's eating a pickle sandwich it's mysterious <laughs> why is he eating it <laughs> <laughs> so what uh what season is it is it fall spring i'm gonna say winter summer. i'm gonna say winter winter okay. we're going with a mystery they're they're gonna winter. be stuck in the house let's yeah, give yeah. them a reason why they're stuck in the house it's snow, snow, in the middle yeah, it's Oklahoma. like a, I mean, it's like a blizzard. Yeah, location. Like a blizzard. Give me a location. Farmhouse. Do we need that? I think so. Okay. Because if you're gonna live in a city, I mean, that's gonna be different. That could be part of the mystery. That is could be part of the mystery. The person, the person that is hearing the story, needs to figure out where they are. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, I think Roman might have a point here because a, a, a townhouse is gonna be very different from a California ranch. I'm thinking like Courage the Cowardly Dog type style. Okay, I like that. I've I never like seen that. Courage the Cowardly Dog. You'd be too scared to watch it. Yes. Is it scary? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, then definitely. Yeah, it's a kid's cartoon that's a little scary. Okay. Okay. So where, where are we setting this at? Winter? So winter, I'm saying snowstorm. Yeah. So maybe up uh, northeast? Uh, you Oklahoma. said Midwest? Oklahoma? Oklahoma. They know it for those snowstorms there? I know they get some snow. I think so. Okay. So they're going to be in like a ranch-style house. Yep. So we said that Cass is looking yeah, around I just something. Thought of, She's I in just, the living room. I just thought of a really, like, not to change the whole thing, and we don't have to do this, but what if they were, like, in Boston? Boston? Yeah. We're going to have to do the rest of the podcast. snowstorm in a football stadium. There could be a lot of mystery in that. Yeah, but we, we rolled on the wheel if you're stuck in the house. Yeah. Oh, that's a, oh We're that's stuck true. in the house because that's on the wheel. It so was we house. Can't it was stuck okay, in a house, yeah. yeah. It would be interesting, though. Okay. We're happy with Oklahoma. We're moving yeah. to Boston. 
I was just saying, if we we're doing Boston, we we're going to have to do the rest of the podcast. Okay, then we're definitely accent. not going to do Boston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Oklahoma's fine. Okay. So we said Cass is looking around uh, in the living room, like behind the couch, you know, by the fern. She's looking for something. Yeah, and Joff's eating a pickle sandwich in the kitchen. Okay. He's my character. Oh, he's your character. I was gonna do. I was gonna do the voice for Joff, but okay, you go ahead. Oh, Joff sounds like me. <laughs> he likes. You pickles. sound like a sixty-five-year-old so. man. <laughs> he likes, he likes you, pickles. Casey, are you doing the voice of Cassie? Yeah. Yeah. I, apparently, we're gonna need a third character for you then. Who? Who, who else is in the house? Guess I'm the dog. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. No, there's gonna you're be not the dog. <laughs> <laughs> is there a third sibling? Because the way that this was going in my head was that, like what this if was I'm like, just the random visitor that comes in? Yeah. And delivers a package. Yeah. Yes. Because it has to be entirely within the house. Yeah, you, can't I deliver, come from, you cannot come from outside. I come from the and outside. You cannot, no, you cannot come from the outside. <laughs> I bring in okay, the no, gift. You no. have to be within the house. You're, you're in, let's, let's, he's, um, what if I'm just he's guy an unknown now? character to appear later. It doesn't help us. It's not supposed to be a mystery to us. the story. It's not supposed to be a mystery to us. Well, then our reader, our listener isn't talking to be a mystery to I'm just saying maybe he could be like an attic dweller. Go deep on that uh, Charlotte Bronte, uh, it's a, it's Jane a, Eyre. Yeah, let's make him the attic dweller. Can I just be Casper? <laughs> Casper the attic dweller. <laughs> He's not a ghost. Huh. Not a ghost. No. Named yeah. Casper. Yep. It lives in the attic only. Yep. Well, he can come down. I feel like we're infringing on a couple of kids. <laughs> okay. quarantine? Right. I'm just curious. <laughs> um, okay, they're stuck in quarantine. That's why they're stuck inside. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, that's relevant to today. Um, I mean, not the snowstorm part, the snowstorm part, but, you know. <laughs> All right. So are we doing the attic dweller, or is that idea getting scrapped? Uh, I feel like you don't want to do the attic dweller. Oh, no, I'm all for it. I okay. think that that's going to add some intrigue. What's uh, the attic dweller's name? Yeah, I don't think it should be Casper. Um, Fred. Fred. How about Fred E? Yeah. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. I know what you're doing with that. I know what you're doing with that. What? No. What am I doing? There, with there it? is a specific person named Freddy in a specific movie. Yeah, no, let's do Fred. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you're doing there. No, you. I, I, I you were doing. <laughs> I actually wasn't going for that uh-huh. at all. I thought Freddy would be like the party guy. Uh, Comes out of the party. attic. Yeah, like, sure. He would with the with and he has like claws. <laughs> the party guy with claws. <laughs> I honestly wasn't going because it's a mystery. So like I've wiped horror from my brain. It is just a mystery. Yeah, I kind of sometimes feel like mysteries are horrors. I think so too. <laughs> That's just how it's I like a feel. blended. It's scary not knowing. The <laughs> it's <ending>. true. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of things that are scary to me. You know, it's not scary to me a pickle sandwich. <laughs> Um, all right, so. All right, so, so you have the attic dweller. Yep. All right, Fred. Yeah. Durst. <laughs> what is that from? You don't remember Fred Durst? He was the lead singer of Limp Bizkit. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, that's a it's a '90s thing. Was that Two, a horror that's band? That's actually a '2000s thing. Was that a horror band? No, oh. it was a punk rock band from the early 2000s. That I probably wasn't allowed everybody to listen to. Was, yeah, no, you definitely weren't allowed to listen to it. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, so I came up with my, what my character Joff is doing. He's in the kitchen eating a pickle sandwich. Casey, his character is, um, I mean, should we really be assigning characters? But still, no, I, mean, I don't think we should. I don't think we should be assigning characters. So I but, think Joff is gonna 
come out from the kitchen and okay. see Cass looking around. And ask what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. While he's right. eating his pickle sandwich. All right. So, what's she looking for? Or is that the mystery? Oh, she, she kind of was just like, she brushes it off, says nothing. Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm just tidying up. And does, I mean, I would imagine he's probably polite, so he's like, can I help you tidy up? No, it's his house. So he should be cleaning it. <laughs> I mean, he's he's 65 at this point. If he's if he's happy being in a pigsty, he's going to stay in a pigsty. That's thigh. true, probably. Okay, so she's just tidying up. She's not actually looking for something. But he thinks that she's looking for something. Oh. Maybe. Yeah. I think that works. That, okay. That, that checks. Okay. What if he's hiding something and just doesn't want in her to, to find <laughs> it? It'd be a real mystery. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, hey, what are you doing over there? You know? Yeah. And okay, then Fred so he... comes in and he goes, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, but actually that's a good point. So. Like, I feel like so the, he's mystery, more suspicious. the mystery should be that he doesn't want her to know that he keeps Fred in the attic. And so, like, she's oh. hearing noises, and she's, like, you know, there's, like, um, dust falling from the ceiling occasionally. And how old is Fred? Fred? Fred's, like, 90. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It's their father. He's keeping their father uh. in his attic. <laughs> He got up there, and now he's stuck. He can't yeah, he can't get it down. So, so Joff is just, like, feeding him up there. He and, just shuffles and up. And he's a, embarrassed of it, so he doesn't tell his a sister. A pail of fish heads every night for, <laughs> for Fred to eat. Uh, okay, so that's the mystery. Yeah, I like that. It's true. I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. I think that that's good. All right. So he's suspicious. No, she's suspicious. So no, we need, we, she is tiling, like... Getting the house nice and tidy. Okay. He's getting a little nervous because there is a secret that he's hiding that if she finds out, it would be really bad for him yep. for some reason. We have no idea why. Yeah, not yet. And for some reason, Fred is stuck 90 in, years old in up the in the attic, attic because he's unable to physically get, to get to down from the attic. Down. And <laughs> let's be honest, Joff is probably not in any shape to lift him down because he's 70. <laughs> And <laughs> since Job is 65. Oh, Cass sorry, okay, but still, 65. And since they're in quarantine, there's not really anybody that can come help at the moment. Okay. Who is Fred? I think Fred should be their father. <laughs> <laughs> Fred is their and father. And I think that, I think, is this too dark? I feel like Joff made up the story that his dad, that their dad died. Because to collect the no to collect the insurance money. That's why they're there. Because like otherwise, like why would a sixty-five and seventy-year-old be yeah. in the same house? So they both travel to Oklahoma. They both travel to Oklahoma. Does Joff then find out that his dad's stuck in the attic, but he doesn't want to tell his sister? <laughs> and he's secretly feeding her up, feeding him up there. So did Joff fake the father's death for the insurance money? Well, I think that he really thought his father was dead because they didn't hear from him because he was stuck in the attic. <laughs> and he just he just went along with it. He, <laughs> he didn't want to correct anybody. <laughs> yeah, he gets there and he's like, "Oh, he's up in the attic." And his sister got there like the next day, and yeah. he's like, "Yeah, it's really sad. Dad's gone." <laughs> <laughs> and the dad is filthy rich, so tons of money. On the life insurance. And the sister, as we start the scene, the sister is starting to get a little suspicious because, again, she's hearing noises. 
Joff is acting a little strange. Like, anytime she gets near the attic opening, he's, like, right by her. Like, he peers over her shoulder. And like, even if she's... It's, like, in the hallway. Like she's walking to the bathroom, and he's just, yeah. like... And then he's, like, like all of a sudden he's there, and she's, like, hi, and, you know... And dismisses the noises as rodents. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Dad, he was he, he was filthy. He didn't clean anything. So know? is this is this Joff's house, or is this well, uh, Fred's no, house? They went to Fred's house. So, <laughs> so this is Fred's house now. Fred's okay. house, yeah. So... I'm really curious what happens now if we add a, an altering event. <laughs> Is this the point we want to add in the altering no, event? No, not quite yet. Let's get a little more groundwork here. Um, okay. So, so what's what's Joff's end game? Like, what is he? What is he hoping to accomplish at this at this point? Like, I guess he's in, he's collecting insurance money, right? Sure. And and his father's inheritance, right? But then why wouldn't he just let him die up there? Because he feels a little guilty. I mean, it's his father, yeah. yeah. I mean, he didn't really imprison his father. We don't want to make it sound too, like... Father got stuck in the accident yeah. by... Okay, the father got stuck in the attic by accident. Yeah. But it'll be beneficial if he stays up there. Oh, uh, yeah, because... Does Fred go along gets, with it? Fred's he, like, yeah, okay, like... He gets the boat. I'm 90, what does it matter? Well, I think Fred probably has a little bit of dementia. And, like, okay. doesn't really know exactly what's going on, like... Oh, so sad. <clears throat> Every once in a while, it comes back to him like, "Man, I shouldn't be up here." And then uh, the thought fades, you know. And then he sees his son come up and bring him food, and he's like, you know, happy. And he's like, oh, "It's good to see you, Thanks son." For it's visiting. Been- Is it like a finished attic, or am I like, picturing like? No, a, uh, it's like, it's like, you know, st- oh, in, oh, the insulation's blown in, and yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> wow. During the winter, I, snowstorm. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's got to have a little bit. It's got to be a little bit more furnished. I'm thinking like Greg Brady's uh, attic. No, because then he would just get down. No, it's the pole. It's the yeah, pole. it's the pole thing. Yeah, he's ninety. He's not gonna be able to pull that down. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, so he's stuck up there. But he has a nice place to live, and there's obviously furnace up there. Ross, who would just die up there? I will. Yeah. I will defer to you too. Well, I mean, he's being fed. But it's a snowstorm. I feel like it's a it's little more Oklahoma mysterious. Winter. If yeah, where is the? <sighs> well, the mystery is that she, she thinks she doesn't we know. know the. That's why I was saying we, we know, know the answer. But do, while the reader know. is reading this, they yeah, won't know the they answer. They won't know. No. They won't know. They're just seeing that Fred's. At, the reader is just seeing that Fred's act. Or I mean, uh, Joff mm-hmm. is acting weird. That the sister's suspicious that something's just not quite right about this whole situation. Joff's acting weird. Um, he's eating pickle sandwiches. <laughs> well, Fred groans every once in a while. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. And and, and Joff, goes, what is that? Joff's like, oh, oh that's, that's just, just the wind. wind. That's okay. just, just the wind. Hear me out on this, okay? <clears throat> she thinks it's a zombie. Like, she's like, she has an overactive imagination. Like, maybe they watch 28 Days Later. Sure. And, like... All of a sudden, like she hears like the groaning coming from the ba- or like from the attic. I'm like, ah, like, what if that's a zombie up there? But she's seventy; she should know better by now. And not only that, but she's too, she knows better than to go up in the attic because it's hard for older people to get in the yeah. attic. So why would she go up there? She could get stuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> <laughs> her dad taught her well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. Okay. All right. 
I think we're at a point now. I we think need, we are. I think we point. need to add another exciting event. Are we just doing one for this story? Uh, I think so. Like, I have some concerns if, like, a birth comes up in the story. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to roll with the punches. Yeah. A death is probably more likely. <laughs> right. Uh, and <laughs> it's fall off a bike. Someone is going to fall off a bike. All right. I feel like there's a bike in the attic. An exercise bike. Yes. Okay. I feel like yeah. that adds a little bit to Yeah. It. So and Fred's getting his exercise. So like they, so they've been staying in the in the house for a couple of days. Like we have to kind of build that out. Yeah. And I'll, I'll do that post. But we'll uh, we'll fill that out with like oh they're suspicious you know little things here and there that kind of add to it. Do the paranormal activity type of thing to yeah. it. And then, um, Fred's going to fall off the bike. I feel like Fred, he's just bored. So he's like, he has an exercise bike up there. Yeah, he's like, there's an exercise bike up here. I'm bored. Let me just ride the bike. No, like he, but he falls off of the bike, and that loud, that hears a loud thud. Right. Cass goes running up to the attic and finds Fred up there. Is this this, this is oh. the big reveal? Yeah, it could be. That's what I was kind of getting at. But you have to reveal at some point. You can't yeah. just leave Fred yeah. in the attic. For, you you can't leave Fred in the attic for the ending. No. Okay. But we just established the fact that she was smart enough to not go in the attic because she couldn't get down. But she heard a loud thud, and then so she decided to risk it. <laughs> yeah, and then and then and then Joff's like, "Well, now they're both up there." So she gets stuck up there. With she him. gets stuck up there. With oh, him. is that where the story is going? I was not going in that direction. Is that where wow. the story is going? Joff is just creating a little prison. Uh, yeah, and I feel like Joff is like, I'm too far into this thing, man. I'm <laughs> too far into going. this. But I mean, isn't that how it works? Like, you do one bad thing, and you're like. You know, it'll it'll it's a little thing, it's and then something else happens. You're like, oh, dang it. It's just an intricate web of lies. Yeah, so so she goes up. I mean, I don't know. I don't care. Do you like that, or do you want to do that something different? Roman, what do you think? Uh, I think the prison is kind of interesting. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a prison of family members. A prison of family members. Just amazing how Joff becomes so evil. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't expecting him to be like the the, the evil type, but he's my character. <laughs> yeah, I should know. Based on a true story. Yeah. All right. So after they both get stuck up there, what's the end game on this? I mean, what happens? Like this is like uh, uh, Montadillo. This is by Edgar Allan Poe. Do you know the story? I, I don't, but I mean, I can imagine. So basically, like they they seal up the wine behind um, behind fa- like false a brick wall. By, behind a brick wall. Yeah. Um, but then his uh, one of his rivals like spends the night spends the night over at his house a little bit, gets too tipsy, and so he just puts him in with the wine and just seals up like bricks up the wall behind him. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is kind of a similar yeah. thing. He's just gonna brick up the uh, that. He's, yeah. So is he just going to stop feeding? Are, are we are we writing a Casco Montadillo again? Sure, I think that's great <laughs> for the twenty first century. Like a mix of that and uh, and Jane Eyre. Do they set to the house on fire? Both. Huh? Do they set the house on fire at the end? Oh gosh, you could set the house on fire and then get the insurance money from the house. <laughs> that's too dark. I was talking. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about Cass. I that, mean, that's how, guy, that's, that's what I feel like once Jane you Anne. go evil, you don't go back. Like, I feel like it's just over at that point. <laughs> it's getting too dark. That is very dark. It is. I feel dark. like it's getting too dark. No. 
I mean, the fact that he's closing the attic on Cass is already, like, that's as dark as we need it's to get. Yeah, and we're just going to leave it, like, open, and it's just implied that, I mean, they're not going to get food anymore, so something's going to happen to both Cass and... Or is he going to just continue feeding them? But how can you do that through a brick wall? Well, yeah, I'm not, I, that's what I said. We're not, we're not bricking it up, because I feel like that's, yeah, A, okay. it's already been done. Okay. B, that's too dark. But just closing it behind her, and she can't get out now. Yeah. That's... That's still dark. pretty dark. <laughs> yeah, but we can we can leave it there. So the mystery's over at that point. I mean, the mystery. So it's just a short story. Yeah, uh, I didn't think we were writing a no, an yeah. epic novel here. Yeah. Right? No, and I'm yeah. fine with that. <laughs> Two hour so, movie, and it just kind of leaves it in the open air as far as like what what happened afterwards. Like, yeah. leave it up to the just, reader to determine. On a snowy Wednesday morning in a small farmhouse in eastern Oklahoma, Fred O'Han's will was read out to his two grown children. The announcement of Fred's passing wasn't too surprising. He had recently turned 90, and as a general rule, people don't live forever. His children, Joff and Cassie, were planning to spend the next week at their father's farmhouse, dividing up inheritance and cleaning their childhood home. Their mother had passed away years ago, and Fred had been too stubborn to accept help from anyone, so the house was in a bit of disarray. Cassie, well into her 70s herself, groaned as she bent over to pick up something from behind the couch. Her back and knees ached with the onset of cold weather. She wondered if the weather had aggravated Fred's condition before his passing as well. What are you doing in there? Josh shouted from the kitchen. He barely seemed to lift his soft eyes from the pickle he was slicing. Oh, this weather's got me all kinds of sore, Cass said. No wonder we both flew south. Cassie could hear a loose shudder as the wind battered the small wooden frame house. The living room was well kept. Beechwood paneling covered the walls and floors with a handful of worn-out rugs peppering the walkway. The furniture was scarce, just a wood-burning fireplace, a console table, and a floral-patterned couch facing a modest television. Joff finished making his pickles <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that with this. I can't say it with straight face. <laughs> Let's try this again. Nope, can't do it. <laughs> can we just delete pickles? No. No, no it's, it's vital to the story. Joff finished making his pickle sandwich and stood in the doorway leading to the living room of Cassie. He remembered playing in the front room years ago together. In his eyes, his older sister seemed so much older and frailer now. Be careful now. Last thing we need is another funeral, he joked. Save on air- airfare for you, at least. Joff didn't say anything. He took a bite of sandwich and molded over. A scruffled sound came from the attic and caught both of their attention. You said the exterminators would be out here on Friday to take care of the rats in the attic? Cassie asked. Yeah, Friday. They gotta spray the whole house, roof to ceiling. You're leaving tomorrow, right? Depends on the weather. Cassie peered out the window as the snow continued to blanket the barren lawn. Cassie walked through the farmhouse. In her old bedroom, she found the dollhouse her father had made her. It was a scale model of their family home, basement, living area, and the attic. Cassie used to make Joff play dolls with her when they would recreate some of their family memories, like when they tied Joff's tooth to a doorknob in hopes of removing it. <laughs> Dad slammed the door so hard the string came off the tooth and the door frame cracked. She walked over to the frame to see it had been long fixed. As she ran her hand across the frame, she heard what a solid thack coming from above. What was that? Joff shouted. Are you sure it's just rats in the attic? That sounded bigger. What, like some sort of cat got up there? Something, Cassie muttered. 
After dinner, they both retired to the living room. They watched an old western movie and talked about their father, the house, and what's going to be done next. Cassie continued to hear scratching and movement come from upstairs, but Joff continued to brush it off. Finally, there was a thud loud enough that even Joff couldn't deny hearing it. Both of them sprang up and looked at each other. Did you see rats in the attic? Do you know what rats look like? Cassie scolded Joff as she got up. Yeah, Joff said. It's really tricky climbing up the ladder, but I went up there. Don't try it with your hip. That's bigger than a rat, Joff. Maybe it's a cat chasing after them. Just stay away from the attic until the exterminators get there. Joff furrowed his brow and sat back down in the chair. Cassie eyed him suspiciously. She asked herself if he was keeping her away from the attic on purpose. She knew Father wasn't wealthy, but he did have a sizable retirement. He had fought in the war and brought back keepsakes from Europe. She started wondering if Joff found something in the attic. Joff was a secretive type. He had a history of theft and Cassie knew he was facing money problems back home. They both went back to the movie. Joff shifted uneasily in his chair the rest of the night. Cassie remained stone-faced. She made up her mind that she would sneak into the attic to see what Joff was keeping from her. After the movie ended, Cassie excused herself to retire to her bedroom. Cassie stayed awake and under her covers as she heard the living room television turn off. She could hear Joff walk from the living room to the kitchen, run some water, and then a clunk as his glass hit the bottom of the ceramic sink. Instead of hearing the footsteps fade off towards his own bedroom, as she was expecting, Cassie nervously heard Joff's footsteps draw closer and closer to her own room. Each step on the wooden floor creaked and groaned with the howling winds outside. She heard the footsteps stop right down the hall. There was a creaking noise, as what she assumed was the attic ladder was dropped. She held the blankets up to her face and listened as footsteps proceeded up the stairs and back down. She listened cautiously as the footsteps continued down the hallway and waited directly outside of her door. There was silence in the house. Only the howling winds through the eaves outside dared disturb the calm, and when she heard the footsteps retreat back down the hall, through the living room, and out of earshot. Cassie lay awake for a few hours, waiting to make sure Joff was fast asleep. A million things played out in her mind. Why was Joff so adamant about Cassie staying out of the attic? The hardwoods felt like ice until Cassie's foot found her slipper. Why was he going up there late at night, after she had gone to bed? She pulled her robe over her nightgown. What were those noises coming from the attic? She lifted herself off of the bed. Was he holding back part of the inheritance and eager to usher her off? She took a step into the dark room and immediately regretted it. A loud groan escaped the floorboards as her step pressed into them. Her heart pounding, Cassie stopped breathing for what seemed like an eternity. She listened. Her breath shook in the cold air. Her arms shook. Her whole body shook. She couldn't tell if it was fear or the cold. She stood there in silence for almost a minute until she was sure Joff hadn't awoken. She took a deep breath and placed her left foot in front of her, gently easing into the floorboard. It barely creaked as she began placing her weight down. This continued all the way out of the room, down the hall until the attic ladder entrance to the ceiling. She stopped there, wondering how she would be able to pull the ladder down without alerting her brother. Then she had another concern. It takes a considerable amount of force to bring the ladder down. Would she be able to? But finally, the most pressing obstacle dawned on her as she reached her outstretched arm towards the pulled cord. She couldn't reach it. Standing on her tippy toes, Cassie was able to graze the pull cord with her fingers, but wasn't quite able to grasp it. She looked through around for a stool or a chair, something she could move over. She, she decided to grab the dining room chair that Joff had dragged to the living room that night. She silently moved through the house to grab the chair and bring it back to the hatchway leading towards the attic. 
as she stepped onto the chair, the chair eased into position, making a loud scrape across the floorboards in the process. She stood halfway on the chair when she heard something. Her head snapped quickly around as she heard what sounded like the unmistakable sound of footboards creaking underfoot, the same noise she herself had made getting out of bed. There was no reason for her to be in the hallway, and Joff would know immediately that she was attempting to access the attic if he came this way. She held her breath as she listened for footsteps, but they didn't come. There were no noises now coming from that other side of the house. She stayed there awkwardly, halfway on the chair, one foot still on the ground for over a minute. She could hear something coming from the attic, just a dull murmur, but it almost sounded like a voice. She decided to cut her losses and step down from the chair and go back to bed. It was too risky to be caught. Her second foot caught terra firma and she bent over to pick up the chair. As she turned around, she was greeted by a ghastly visage of Joff. Cassie let out a scream. What are you doing here, Joff said. Cassie dropped the chair and started falling over. She banged her head against the wall and the chair fell beside her. The pain radiated from her head and shoulders. She opened her eyes and Joff was closer now, hovering over her. She screamed again. Hold on now, Cass, you all right? He yelled. He was attempting to grab her arm. She tried swinging to free herself. Joff took a step back. Cassie stopped struggling and looked around. Joff stood there, mouth agape. He had been trying to help her back to her feet. Joff made a pot of coffee and the two of them sat in the living room. He had laid out painkillers and an ice pack for Cassie. Why in the world were you trying to get into the attic, Joff scolded. I heard something, Cassie said. Joff got up, slammed his coffee down. Dang it, Cass, you could have been hurt climbing up there or gotten stuck in the attic. I wouldn't have been able to get know where you were, he was pacing. All to chase after dumb rats. It's not a rat, Joff, she stared back at him now. I heard something up there, bigger than a cat. Have you been up there? Joff looked away nervously. Cassie could tell Joff was lying by the way he paused to think about his answer. No, I ain't been up there, he admitted. The last step of the ladders broke. Couldn't get back down if I were to get up there. She didn't believe him. Wonder turned to worry as she considered the possibility of why Joff was behaving so strangely. The living room grew quiet as the siblings withdrew into themselves, neither sure how to proceed. The fireplace crackled and created dancing shadows around the room. It seemed like forever before someone was willing to speak. I'm in too deep, Cass. Joff started but trailed off. In too deep on what? You ever tell one of them little white lies and you gotta tell an even bigger lie to cover that one? And then it just spirals? His eyes almost teary at this point. What did you do, Joff? But Joff didn't answer. He continued staring out the window as the snowstorm was slowly subsiding outside. He held his mug up to his mouth for the longest time before taking a sip. But a loud noise from the attic broke the tension in the room. A heavy thud that shook the whole house woke both siblings back to reality. And then in the silence that preceded that noise came a faint but clearly human groan. What's going on, Cassie demanded, getting out of her seat. What did you do, Joff? She started down towards the attic. Now, Cass, I told you, don't be going in the attic. It ain't safe, Joff said. It ain't safe. That last step is broken. If you get up there, I can't get you down. He chased after her down the hall, but it was too late. Cassie had already replaced the chair and was reaching up for the pull cord. With one tug, she found her strength and was able to pull the ladder down, and she began climbing up. Joff was right. The last step was broken, and she had to hoist herself up onto the floor of the attic. In the dim moonlight coming from the far window in the attic, she squinted to see two forms sprawled on the slatted wood floors of the attic. The first form that came into view was an exercise bike that had been tipped over. The sound of the crash, she surmised. The second form was moving, albeit faintly. It was a leg trapped under the exercise bike, attempting to kick itself free from being pinned. 
Cassie walked slowly over to the bike and recognized her father's loafer on the pin foot. Dad? It came out as a whisper. Who's that? Cassie tried to lift the exercise bike, but it was too heavy, and her shoulders failed her. She settled for shifting it to the side. What are you doing here? Tears streamed down her face as she realized her father was alive. Who are you? Fred looked at her but couldn't recognize his daughter. His memory is not what he used to be, and he struggled to remember anything. Dad, she was crying, holding her father. Is that really you? So many emotions flooded her system all at once. She couldn't believe this. The mixture of jubilation and concern quickly faded into anxiety and dread. She turned around. Joff's head barely peeked out from above the floor. He had tears streaming down his face. I told you, sis, don't go up there. I can't get you down. What? Father's been up there. I can't get him down, Joff started. I had to do something. I've been feeding him leftovers up there and taking care of him. I couldn't just leave him. Call the fire department. Call the police. Help us down. I can't get you down. The stairs broken. He motioned towards the stairs. He looked exhausted. I'm in too deep, Cass. I can't. Cassie rushed over to the attic door, but it was no use. Joff had shut her in. The attic could not be opened from above. Dad's alive. I'm alive. You can't just keep us up here. Cassie shouted at the closed door. I gotta protect you. The stairs broken. Joff muttered through the closed door. I'm in too deep, Cass. And then Cassie understood. She began crying. Who was it, Joff? Who was in the casket? She could barely hear the last words as Joff walked away from the attic. I'm in too deep, Cass. I'm in too deep. I like it. That that fulfilled mystery. That was a mystery. That was mysterious. (laughs) Now, did you have mayonnaise on that sandwich? (laughs) On that pickle sandwich is mayonnaise and pickles. (laughs) Probably. You got to add mayonnaise into that. Whew. That's a real barn burner. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> kind of dark. It's kind of dark, but we knew it was gonna be. Well, obviously. I mean, with the story we told, it was gonna. I think that that was a successful story. So, I like, I I, I like that it was such a slow burn. Mm-hmm. I it's I struggled at first to even start writing, like mm-hmm. I always do. But getting down, setting, trying to set a place. I don't know if I have accomplish that at all i don't know if i needed to what was maybe i missed the beginning but what was is it mystery what was in the casket what, what was the casket they were talking oh oh is it the father's casket well yeah they had to bury something oh <laughs> what did they bury that's the mystery oh my god they <laughs> buried the pickles from last time <laughs> <laughs> oh man um because, I mean, that's the thing is, like, when we were talking. Maybe talk- the mother was really When we were too. talking. When we, were- <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> we said we already said that the mother had been dead for a long For past. a while. Yeah. But that was the thing. Was when we talked about this as being a mystery, it was, ah, it was funny because they were stuck up in the attic. But then you had to start thinking about, like, critically about it. Like, yes. you can't just, like, say somebody, yeah, somebody's dead. So, all right, let's hold a funeral and get their will. You had to have something. Yeah. So. I thought that was that added to the mystery, and yep. it also cleared up a huge plot hole that when we were talking about it originally, like we didn't we didn't address well, it all. You know, <laughs> we we were things to know for next time. I will say that it's a it's five pages, and nothing happens until the bottom of the fourth page. Well, no, I don't think that's true. 
I mean, there's pickle sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest thing that happens for three pages is he eats a pickle sandwich, which is just a complete non-sequitur. Well, no, I mean, you, you set Sorry. the stage. You set you set the stage for um, you set the stage for the fact that she's suspicious that something's happening, and especially since you know he he obviously went and got a drink of water to bring to his father when he thought she was sleeping. So, I mean, that's kind of necessary to kind of, again, make her even more suspicious. Also, you'll find this out in my writings, or at least in my readings. I tend to regress into a southern accent a lot. I mean, clearly. <laughs> it was Oklahoma, so there was a reason yeah. behind it here. Yeah. But, like, we're going to do, like, Are you from the south? I'm not at South all. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I'm southern California. Yeah. No, I think it was good. I mean, the accent was a little concerning, but uh, other than that, I mean... The accent was concerning? Yes. Because it's too... Uh... Well, what do you mean by that? <laughs> well, it's... If I read anything, I have a southern I, accent, and it's awful. <laughs> well, you tie that into pulling up teeth with door string or something like that, but I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah, that was a weird Wait, one did for you, me. Did you, do you know about that, that people do that? I, I, I've, I've never done it. I didn't even know people did that. Really? I mean, I heard it was a joke, but I didn't think people literally did that as family members. No, my grandfather did that to my mom. Okay. Yeah, like literally. I mean, this was a long time ago. But. It's, it's something that you know comes from, it's passed down from generations. I think I remember it from the, the Brady Bunch or something like that. No. I'm sure there was an episode, but... I don't know if that was a southern thing or or what, but (laughs) I've never done that or heard of anybody do that. I don't get the pickle sandwich. (laughs) I love pickles. Yeah, but a pickle sandwich? (laughs) Is it just pickles and mayonnaise or what? No, no, it's just pickles. (laughs) Is it really? Yeah. There's no meat, no ham, no nothing? Nope. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, it's good. And then the idea that uh, Fred was a uh, war criminal, stealing, uh, looting, and stealing from the war. From Europe? Yeah. Yep. Interesting. And then... Maybe he passed some of that bad character on to Joff, I mean, clearly. Yeah, and I like the idea that Joff wasn't doing this maliciously. I don't think he was, at least. And I tried to write it so that he wasn't malicious about it. He was just dumb. Do you think (laughs) that Jeff meant to name Joff after him but just messed up a letter? Who's Jeff? There's no Jeff in this story. Wait, I thought that the father was Jeff. Oh, Fred. 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 Jeff. Fred. Yeah, Yeah, whatever. (laughs) I'm glad his name wasn't Fraud, at least. Fraud? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... What were you saying, Roman? No, it's it's good. I mean, the only thing about, I guess, Joff being stupid, let's say, of not understanding how to get their father down or their sister, I mean, I I don't know. I, I, I think it was an opportunity that landed in his lap, and he's like, you know what? I'm in this situation, and I really want to keep it this way you know this is my solution my way out of a situation because i'm supposedly he's poor right he needs yeah, money he, he has money troubles so this is a great opportunity for him to capitalize on unfortunately no one with the right mind would do that but uh, well, he has a strange little thing on his hands so you're seeing it as like an opportunistic yeah i think he thing. is an opportunist yeah I, I must have misunderstood <laughs> i thought that he i thought he was just like playing dumb but he like knew that he could like, were you saying no, he didn't know? I mean. I, that's, that's, I mean, that's kind of, the, that's, the I don't want to go, I don't want to be like, oh, that's the mystery of it. No, I kind of wrote it to, like, he was just stupid. Like, he, he saw a problem in front of him and couldn't laterally think his way out of a paper bag. and was just like, 
stairs broke, can't get you down. <laughs> <laughs> that's even and, at that point. <laughs> and that's and that's the, one of the things is like that was a, for me at least that was another plot hole. He could have just called the fire department. The fire department could have gotten him down. Well, no, but I thought the, the point was that he intended, like he was trying to take advantage of. I wanted to make it a little bit less dark. Okay, that's. But I mean, no, I wrote it so that it could be read in either direction, and I think your both of your directions would be more accurate. But I wanted to be that. Is he this dumb? Oh yeah, I actually kind of like the idea of it being open to interpretation. I think that those kind of stories are the most fun to write. Like stories where, you know, the reader can kind of interpret it in the direction they want to. And it's it's not like one is right or wrong, and it's not like, oh, you guys didn't get that he was just stupid. No, I think that your guys' is, you know, Roman got in, it. in reality, your interpretation of it is far more accurate than what I was also trying, than another aspect I was trying to portray. Yeah. Oh, oh, so, so, wait, I'm so confused. Was 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 Fred like downstairs at one point no. at the with beginning of the story? No. When was the crash? I thought the crash was later in the story. I yeah, remember. it was four and a half pages <laughs> in. Yeah. So what was he doing the whole rest of the time up there? Puttering around. <laughs> <laughs> Not falling off of an exercise bike. He yeah. was just stuck up there. I don't know if I like that. What do you? Where do you want to? I feel like he's been falling off the exercise bike. And just trapped underneath the exercise yeah, bike. Yeah, because that's the reason why they all came, because they couldn't find him, so they assumed he died. And then and then my Joff got there first and found him and is like, uh, yeah, I need his money, so he's dead. <laughs> yeah, but how long is he going to last underneath the exercise bike? I don't know, there's a bike? lot of holes in this story. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of plot holes in this story. Uh, anyways, I think that's it for us today. My name is Casey. I was joined by Luke and Roman. Don't forget to write.